Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. The word today is from taken from Psalms 37, verse 4, Jeremiah 33, 3, uh, Genesis 48, 11. It says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the, the desires of your heart. Ooh. Call on to me, and I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children too. I, I'd just like to take a minute to draw your attention to uh, to uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and she, he shall give you the, the desires of your heart. Just take a minute and uh, think about that verse. And I can attest to you that when you spend time with, with the Lord, it is delightful. And he says, call on me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll show you the real desires of your heart. And it is in him. Thank you, Bill. You all may be seated. I just want to take a minute to introduce our speaker today. If you are not aware, uh, today we're going to be hearing from Rock. Um, and Rock has become a good friend of mine and of, of the ministry over the last several years as he and his wife, Chris, have uh, basically taken over uh, the children's ministry up at the Mountaintop Services. And it's been super awesome and encouraging to have their faithfulness uh, serving at the Mountaintop Service. Um, somewhere about, what, six, eight months ago, Rock also uh, joined our board of directors and uh, is now a treasurer. Uh, for the board of directors, and uh, I'm really excited to uh, hear from Rock today. And uh, without further ado, thank you. Okay, so yes, my name is Rock. I'll tell you about that in a second. <laughs> so normally I help with the kids' ministry with my wife, um, but not today. Today I get to talk to adults, which are kind of just like big kids, I think. But one thing I have to get out of the way right away is that there will be no candy at the end. But the good news is I'm not going to make you come sit on the floor for my whole message either, so I think that's kind of a wash. So, yeah, um, super honored and super excited to be here. God's had something on my heart for quite a while that I shared a little bit here and there, and just spending time in his word this week really helped me to focus on what it was that I wanted to say. So, so this is my first message to adults. I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. My name is Rock, R-O-C-K, that is my real name. I think I say that about 20 times a day, and uh, Rock was my dad's idea. He wanted to name his son Rock, R-O-C-K, like on this rock I will build my church. My dad had this amazing faith, and uh, my mom wasn't so much up for the idea, so a couple of kids went by, a couple of boys went by, no, no, a couple of girls, that didn't count, and then five years later, I was kind of the uh, oopsie at the end, and... Um, Mom said, sure, go ahead, name him Rock. So, so they named me Rock. Um, kind of cool, kind of a cool name in some ways, and in other ways it's a little bit tricky. But the cool part is when somebody says "rock" and I'm in a room, I turn around. And it's always me. Whereas if somebody says "Bill" or somebody else, you turn around. They might be talking to someone else. Who knows? So um, I grew up in a religion that taught works over grace, 
And um, really my vision of God when I was growing up was that he was watching me and just waiting, waiting for me to mess up. And that didn't stick for too, too long. By the time I joined the Air Force when I was 18, I had pretty much given up on that. And uh, I turned elsewhere. I wanted to see where else there might be truth in the world. Because there's got to be some truth out there. And I looked at a lot of places. I looked at different religions. Don't judge me. I looked at witchcraft. Um, I kind of settled on science. I figured science must have the answers. I decided that there probably wasn't a God. And now that I think about it, what I think is kind of funny is the amount of faith that it takes to believe that something came from nothing and life came from nothing is probably a lot more faith than it takes to believe in at least some sort of higher, higher power. So um, got out of the Air Force, lots went on. I ended up meeting my wife, Chris. We became friends. She was my karate teacher, so watch out in case you didn't know. Um, she, uh, when, I got, when I was taking karate and I got asked, got asked to uh, join the teaching squad, I saw all the other teachers were Christians, and now I'm not a Christian at this point, not even close. I had a Darwin fish on my truck, and yeah, so uh, I wasn't too psyched because, in my opinion, Christians were, were pushy, and I expected that from my wife, who was my friend at the time. I expected her to tell me all about her faith and, and try to overwhelm me with a tidal wave of uh, Bible verses that I really didn't want to hear. But the Spirit had her working a little bit differently, because had she done that, I probably would have ran away. Uh, but instead, she didn't. She just had this glow about her and this inner peace that I could not understand, and she still has it. And uh, it made me want to know more and, and, and want that for myself. I couldn't understand it. So she's going to this church in Manchester called Shiloh. That's our other home church. And I'm waiting for her to say, you got to come to church with me, and she's not. And we're dating at this point, she's still not. And finally, I'm like, so this church of yours, like, could I go check that out sometime? And uh, yeah, so she's like, I would love for you to do that. She introduced me to the, to the lead pastor. We hit it off. He gave a message about salvation, and that day, I gave my life to the Lord. And that was uh, 2004, so you can do the math there. And... Um, at that point, I really had no concept of a relationship versus religion. So, for me, in my mind, I needed to get past my little tiny puny mind, my limited understanding of how big God was, and trust that the Bible says who God really is. So I took that step, that step in faith, and later, I watched a, a really cool video. It's a message by someone named Louis Giglio, and it's called How Great Is Our God, based on the Chris Tomlin song. But has anybody seen that video, How Great Is Our God? A couple people. It's free on YouTube now, which it wasn't when I first started watching it. Um, it's about 40 minutes long. It's, uh, to me, it was fantastic. It just opened up my eyes as how big God is. And uh, if you like science or if you like astronomy, which are two things that I'm kind of into, that message by Louis Giglio will really knock your socks off. I look at it now like science isn't an answer to itself. Science is just a set of rules that God used when he built the universe. And we're figuring some of it out. We get a bunch of it wrong. And God's probably snickering, saying, oh, they're real close, but not quite. And Anyway, our God breathes stars into existence. Breathes stars into existence. Now, our sun is pretty big. 
some of these stars make our sun look tiny. It's so cool. And if you have a chance to watch that video, I'd super encourage you to do that. And I was encouraged just to know that I don't have to have all the answers. In fact, it's not even possible for my puny little brain to understand all the answers and try to understand a God that spoke the universe into existence. So I'm comfortable knowing that he's God, and I'm not. So where am I going with all this? It was kind of a neat little story, I think, but there really is a point somewhere. Um, God is much bigger than the greatest minds in history combined could even begin to imagine. And he's good, and he's in control. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Now, that's not God bragging to say how smart he is compared to us. That's God giving us a scale. As the heavens are higher than the earth. That's just trying to get him, give for us to have something to comprehend the difference between our thoughts and actions and his thoughts and actions. And this was spoken at a time when people had very little idea about the magnitude of the universe. So spoiler, it's really, really big, much bigger than we ever would have known and, and probably still don't know. Or we probably still don't know it. So Bill read three scriptures, Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. To me, when I hear that, I think that when our prayer life lines up with God's heart, then we get to see really cool, amazing results, which is what you were saying. Jeremiah 33, 3. So I had a friend, I have a friend at our other home church, and uh, one day, oh gosh, probably 10 years ago, he comes up to me, he's like, hey, Rock, do you know God's phone number? Nope, no, I don't. But I know Bill Gibbons, and I know he's going to tell me, and there's going to be a cool story to it. So it's, like, it's Jeremiah 33, 3, that's God's phone number. Cool. Uh, what is that one? It's call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Like, wow, that is really cool. It's like, yeah, 33.3, that's God's phone number. So I memorized that one right away because I thought that was a really cool Bible verse. But what it did is it really helped me to know, again, to reinforce that I don't have to have all the answers. As long as I call on God, he's going to show me things that I don't know and I don't understand. I don't really need to understand them right now. And the last verse uh, that I have on the front is uh, Genesis 48.11. So this is, um, this is a story of Joseph and Jacob and... I'm not going to get into the whole thing, but I do want to give a really quick summary. Jacob fathered a bunch of kids. He gave Joseph a really cool coat because Joseph was his favorite. So if your parents don't do that, that's not a good idea. And Joseph kind of messed up a little bit here and there, doing a little bit of bragging he shouldn't have done. Anyway, he made his brothers really upset with him. And when we talk about upset, upset to the point that they were going to kill him. That's pretty serious. And at the last minute, they said, well, maybe we could just sell them into slavery instead. Wow, that's, like, that's pretty nice of them, I suppose. At least they didn't kill them. But wow, that was uh, still pretty harsh. And they ultimately they lied to their dad about it. They went to uh, Jacob and said, hey, your son Joseph, the favorite know-it-all, is dead. Here's his coat. It's got blood all over it. Don't you see? He's dead. So a bunch of years went by. And lots of things happened. But in my heart, I kept thinking about that when I read Genesis 48, 11, which we'll cover in a second. But I could picture Jacob praying to Joseph. God, if I could just have one more day. I'm sorry, Jacob praying to God about Joseph. 
God, if I could just have one more day with my son Joseph, if I could just see his face again. And then Genesis 48, 11 kicks in. At this point, Joseph isn't just alive, but he's in charge and he's doing really well. And Jacob's super pumped to know that his son is alive and answered a prayer. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again. But now, God, but now, God, has let me see your children, too. So, if I had a, a name for this message that I get to give today, it would be, but now, God. Those three words are pretty amazing. And if I could have a subtitle, because I'm feeling super bold, it would be something like, why you should consider eliminating the word just from your prayer life. So how do we pray? I know how I pray. God, here's an example. Let me back up for a second. Here's, a, here's two examples of prayers that I've prayed. One was a couple of years ago, and one was a couple weeks ago. I still don't have it figured out, so I have to tell you guys about these things. First prayer, God, can you just put me in the right place? I don't feel like I'm making a difference here. Second prayer, God, can you please just comfort my friends who are in so much pain right now? Please give them peace. So did you guys catch that word that I had in my, both of my prayers that I'm trying to eliminate? It's just. Why would I put just in a prayer to God? God who breathes stars. To me, when I put just in a prayer... I'm putting God inside a box that I understand. I don't want that. I want God to not be in a box. I want him to color way outside the lines of my prayer request because he can do that. He's big and he's good and he's in control. And I want him to show me great and mighty things which I don't know. So in light of the scriptures that we read, three of them, I really like these. How might I pray, or let me tell you how God answered these prayers. So the first one, God, could you just put me in the right place? I prayed something like this when my wife and I were teaching karate at New Life Home in Manchester. Now, New Life Home is a recovery home for women and children. It's really amazing. It's a super intense uh, two-year program where the women learn things like, oh, learn all about Jesus. That's important life skills, how to take care of their kids. They take college classes online. A lot of really cool things like that. And like I said, it's a two-year program, and they don't even charge for this. The women live there full-time with their kids for two years, and they have something like an 86% success rate over things like addiction and things that I'll talk about. So we were teaching karate one night a week, and I'm getting attacked by the enemy, and I didn't know it. I just thought it was common sense, because I'm thinking, why am I here? Why am I helping to teach karate to these ladies? I'm the only guy in the house. And um, my wife is the expert, right? Like, she's a really good teacher. You've probably seen that. And I'm not. I'm sitting there telling them, telling these ladies how to make a fist appropriately, maybe how to set up your feet correctly, which they never got, so I clearly wasn't doing it right. So... Um, Basically, I was pointing out to God, hey, God, you know, like I'm here and you have me here, but I think I'm just kind of tagging along with my wife. Let me give you a little bit of advice. Your kingdom could probably be served better if you put me somewhere else. 
I'm advising that guy that restarts, I'm giving him advice. So, I had my but now God moment. Pretty much the last night I figured I would be there. I thought I would just stop going at this point. So Chris had said something in front of the class. These this class of ladies at New Life Home. She said, hey guys, if you ever do karate out on the streets and have to defend yourself, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be messy. It's not going to look like it does when we're here in class. And I said, it's going to be pretty if you're doing it. Because that's what a husband says to his wife when he loves her and he respects her and he wants to build her up. And that's a natural thing that, that the Holy Spirit works on me and helps me to do. Well, these ladies come from addiction, homelessness, prostitution, unmentionable abuse. And I said something nice about my wife. And they weren't used to that. And they loved it. And they just said, oh, did you hear that? I swear I was in a Ryan Reynolds movie. Did you hear what he just said about his wife? Oh, weeks later. Oh, remember when Rock said the karate is going to be pretty if Chris does it, no matter where it is? Oh, and it was just the coolest thing. And God just opened my eyes and said, Donny Head, you're not there to teach them karate. You're there to model how a husband treats his wife and how these guys, these wonderful ladies, should be looking for someone like that and not settling for some person who's going to treat them like a target instead of the treasure that they are. So I had been justing God in my prayers, can you just put me where I belong? And he gave me my big but now God moment. Now second prayer is a tough one. That was earlier this month. Can you please just provide peace and comfort to my friends? So when I heard about Selah, I tried to imagine how much suffering my friends were going through. And my puny mind could only think, God, can you just please provide comfort and peace? So if any of you were at the celebration of life a couple weeks ago, you were probably blown away like we were. God didn't just provide comfort and peace. He took over the situation and filled my friends with songs and praise to our God at a time when I'm thinking they're going through so much suffering, how can they even get out of bed in the morning? And God took over the situation. Yet that was a really big but now God moment. And if any of you were there, you probably will never be the same. I know I won't. So, so don't get me wrong, I think these prayers that I prayed, can you just provide peace and comfort? I think God loves these. I think he's really happy that we're making time for him, and we're focusing on him, and we're telling him the desires of our heart. These are all really good things. But I think if we can maybe raise the bar a little bit and say, take our prayer life to the next level and say something like, even though we can't imagine how God could work in a situation, we acknowledge that he's big and he's good and he's in control. And we can come to him with an expectation that he'll surpass our just requests. And I also want to be clear on something else. Eliminating just from your prayer life isn't to get bigger, cooler things for yourself. We talked about 
Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Again, lining up your desires with, with God's heart. Um, yeah, it's not about yourself at that point. So now with all this said, I want to give you an example of how now, in hindsight, I would look back at those two prayers that I prayed and, and maybe change them up a little bit. And the first one, you just put me in the right situation. I would said, say something perhaps like, God, you're awesome. I like to start my prayers with that now. God, you're awesome. And I know you have a purpose for me in this situation, even if I can't see it. Help me to walk through this to the best of my ability and to glorify you with my efforts and my attitude. Can't wait to see what you're doing here. Like, that seems to me that would be a pretty cool prayer now that I know what I know. I have to remember that in the future, right? And the second one, God, I have no idea how this could possibly be something that, that you would allow in my friends' lives. But I know that you're big, and you're good, and you're in control. And somehow you'll be glorified through this. Please be with my friends every second of the day, and let them feel this closeness. They need more of you now than ever before. And I thank you in advance for the people that will be encouraged and blessed through the example set by my friends. And in closing, I believe that our, player, our prayer life reveals what we think of God. Do we come, with him, do we come to him with expectation that he'll meet our needs or an expectation that he'll go way beyond? Do we think he's big? Or that he's star-breathing big? Do we think he cares about us? Or that he loves us more than we can even imagine? God hears our prayers no matter what they are. And he's thrilled that we're turning to him. But I also think that acknowledging how big he is during our prayer time and coming with a huge sense of expectation beyond our understanding is a way that could please him and maybe even swell with pride. He would swell with pride looking down at his children and saying, look, they're starting to get it. So I'd like to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are awesome. So honored that you allowed me to share this message and I ask you to keep working on my heart with this and also that not just somebody would take this to heart, Lord, but that Lives would be changed through your words, through our understanding of how big you are. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.